This is the Tornado Trackers Podcast. The Tornado Trackers are storm chasers Jeremy Heyman, Jeff Mangum, and me, Gabe Cox. Hey, this is Jeremy. I'm Gabe. And I'm Jeff. Welcome to the Tornado Trackers Podcast. Awesome to have you all here with us. This is a storm chasing podcast. This is a severe weather podcast. This is a best friends podcast. Uh, I'll say that right now. This is the three <laughs> best buds. Better uh, say it. <laughs> we love weather. We love storm chasing. Uh, we've been doing it for years and we're making a podcast, making an audio medium. We mostly shoot video, but hey, we're in the audio game now. So we're in your ears and we love it here. Uh, it's very waxy and warm. Um, how are you guys doing? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that comment. <laughs> uh, I'm doing I'm doing good. It's good to be back behind the mic. Um, give people a little behind the scenes. We we did a ton of recording before tornado season, so that we didn't have to worry about it when we we're on the road. So that might explain some of the opening dialogue in our podcasts that don't make sense. Um, but yeah, we're back after. Gosh, I think it's been like a month, month and a half yeah. since we've been behind the mic. So it feels good. Yeah. Happy we're to be back. Exiting traditional tornado chasing season. We're yeah. now into high, high plains. Um, and I will say we do have a few stories to tell via yeah. podcast from this tornado season. That's all uh, I'll say yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. For My sure. world. Um, I just got a new phone and that sounds really exciting, except <laughs> I lost my phone in the lake this past weekend. This is the second time I've, I've had to use my insurance to get a new phone in the last two months. <laughs> my, my, when I grew up, my dad called me the deductible <laughs> because I just found a way like by January 5th, I would be in the ER with something and we'd meet uh. that deductible pretty quick. But we were at the lake with my, with my extended family and, um, I was parking the jet ski and then swimming out to the boat. All this is irrelevant information that nobody cares about. <laughs> and um, for some stupid reason, I was throwing my phone into the boat instead of just you know, going the extra five feet. And I just watched it go down in this. And it's been, there's been some floods going on in central Texas. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the lake is just nasty brown. And I had that life preserver on. And so I see it go down Ugh. and I dive down to get it and I get my hand on it, but that life preserver is preserving. <laughs> and it shoots me straight back to the top. And so I lose, I lose it. Meanwhile, there's a ton of glass on the ground. So I don't realize it, but I'm stepping on glass everywhere and just what? lacerations everywhere. And I've got oh, an infection gosh. in Are my foot. Kidding? So that is my week. Oh man. <laughs> Dude. That's crazy. Besides wow. that, things are going very well. Jeez. Well, I didn't know about very the normal. glass and infection. I know. It's so stupid. <laughs> Dude, a leg uh, infection. That feels like the worst kind of infection. And we should let everyone know what week this fell on, Jeff. You had you had a special day this week. I did. I did. Yesterday was my birthday. And, and hey. so I got I got my replacement phone in on on my birthday, so and some antibiotics and antibiotics. Not yet. <laughs> We're going to see how long we can go with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But you know, when not storm chasing, got to keep it exciting. So there you uh, go. That stinks. And with the way phones are made now, it's probably fine down there under the lake. Like <laughs> yeah. it's probably just yeah. like usable still. <laughs> yeah, I should have had my family call it. I probably could have seen the glow uh, under there, but <clears throat> I wasn't smart enough in the moment. So. 
Yeah. Anyway, fun times. You're you're going through a lot in that moment. (laughs) Yeah. Stabbed. Embarrassment, (laughs) pain, sadness. Buoyancy. All the things. Buoyancy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, well, Gabe, uh, do you want to read a podcast review? We've never done this before. Yeah, I saw this one. Well, first of all, I want to thank everyone that has uh, rated and reviewed our podcast. Thank you. Um, Yes. I can't tell you how much that means to us to to see that and to know that people are enjoying the show that's fantastic and we're yeah, glad that awesome. you guys are listening and enjoying it i love this one this was from someone in nebraska mm. uh, they said my oldest son eight years old and i love storm season here in nebraska he's so intrigued by tornadoes and is always asking us questions this is an excellent podcast for us to throw on when we're in the car together or passing time at home and I love that because I, I just, it brought me back to being eight years old and, and man, I loved this kind of stuff too, soaking it up. So it seems that it's weird. It's kind of surreal being in the position where someone's listening to us now mm-hmm. and it's, it's cool to pay it forward again. And, you know, to see a younger audience grasping what we're talking about here and thought yeah, that was great. That. That's special. Yeah, future Storm Chaser, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and we'd love to read more reviews in the future, so please leave us a review and rate us on whatever podcast app you're using. Um, that I think that helps us. I don't know. The algorithm does some things with that, but it can't <laughs> yeah. hurt, and we love reading. Um, it helps our feedback. emotional state, if anything. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> That's the I algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> I need it, personally. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then another fun, exciting development in Tornado Trackers land is we have launched a Patreon, which is super awesome. If you don't know what a Patreon is, it is a uh, platform where you can help uh, support uh, artists, creatives, any anyone really. um, and it's it's a really cool uh, way to to help us out. Uh, there are obviously expenses that we incur in being uh, storm chasers and now podcasters. Um, and and so if you think about it and it, and it makes sense to you, it would mean a ton to us uh, if you would support us um, on one of our tier levels mm. on uh, patreon.com slash tornado trackers. And we'll have the info in the show notes as well. Uh, we have three tiers. Uh, we have a $2, a $5, and a $10 month level. And each of those tiers kind of gives you uh, some gifts, um, some some extra prizes and things like that. And I'll read through the tier levels really quick. Uh, so like I said, we have a $2 level, which is called our rope level, our rope tornado level. And if you give us $2 a month, you will get our day of storm chasing forecast target area. So we're going to deliver to you um, where we're going to be. Um, so you can uh, chase along with us at home uh, and and kind of just read and look at how we like to forecast and think about a day. So that's our $2 level, the rope tornado level. The next level is our stovepipe level. That's $5 a month. You're going to get that target area forecast again, which is rad. Uh, but then you're going to get some uh, storm chasing behind the scenes. So you're going to get some some extra footage there, which is really rad. And then exclusive 4K video as well. So we're pulling our 4K video off of YouTube for lots of different not fun reasons. But that's where that 4K footage is going. That gorgeous, super high def footage is going in that $5 a month level, the stovepipe. And not only 4K, there'll be extended cuts. So we'll be releasing quick brief highlights on youtube 
Um, but if you want more of uh, some of the behind the scenes footage and some extended uh, footage of all the events that we shoot, that's all going on Patreon. So you'll get several extra minutes per video. Super, super rad. And this is going to be the place where that stuff lives, like I said. And finally, the wedge level, $10 a month. Uh, So you're going to get that target area forecast. You're going to get the storm chasing behind the scenes, the 4K extended cuts. And then we're super stoked about this uh, quarterly live Q&As, which is going to be super fun. So you're going to get to basically join us on kind of like a live episode of tornado trackers where we answer your questions and just get to hang out. We get to know you, you guys, you get to know us. Um, that's something I'm really, really excited about and feels like it'll be a blast. Heck Um, yeah. And then, um, also the $10 wedge level is not done yet. We also have bonus podcast episodes. That is right. More content. We're, we're currently putting an episode out every two weeks on our main feed, which you're listening to right now uh, on your podcast app. Uh, but we're going to we're going to drop some more content, podcast content right here on Patreon. Um, so that's just going to be like a little bit more kind of hangout type uh, podcasts where you guys get to know us a little bit more. We get to kind of goof around a little bit more um, and just be a, be a little bit looser and more fun. Um, so that is the the wedge level target area forecast storm chasing behind the scenes exclusive uh, long cut 4k videos quarterly live q a's and bonus podcast episodes for 10 bucks a month that's that's a pretty stinking good steal deal. yeah that's come on now. epic so check out our patreon uh, the link is in the show notes uh, it would mean a ton to us it'd help us pay for gas tanks on the road uh you know uh, Every once in a while, uh, a hotel stay on the road, um, some meals, maybe even some gear, because um, it's it's not cheap being a storm chaser. I mean, you can do it cheap, but there are for sure expenses. Um, so it would mean a ton to us, uh, fellas, if you're enjoying this. So thanks. All right, fellas, let's dive into the storm of this week's episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about the October 9th, 2020 hurricane, our first hurricane on the podcast, which is super exciting. Um, this was Hurricane Delta. Uh, Hurricane Delta made landfall in southern Louisiana as a Category 2 storm. So, fellas, y'all were there. Y'all were in Louisiana uh, in early October of last year. Take us through a little bit, because we've never talked about a hurricane before. Y'all have been in quite a few, um, and they're obviously completely different animals to uh, tornadoes just physically, and then, but chasing them is different too. So take us through kind of the mindset of chasing a hurricane and chasing Hurricane Delta in particular. Yeah, uh, chasing a hurricane is is completely different than chasing a tornado. Tornadoes are... Um, so localized and they happen for lack of a better term, spontane- spontaneously. So even though there's forecasting and predicting and preparation for it, it happens so fast and, you know, you can get a long track tornado that can go 30 minutes to an hour on the ground, but a hurricane is, is that marathon, you know, it's not a, if a tornado is a hundred meter dash, then you have a marathon with uh, with a hurricane. And so you're having to think ahead um, over the course of the week leading up thinking, how am I going to prepare for a day or two, at least in advance of the landfall? 
how am I going to endure the landfall itself and the sustaining winds and rain and flooding of the hurricane? And then how am I going to get out after all the debris is all over the road and maybe kind of locking you into the place that you were riding out the hurricane. So uh, you're actually kind of planning whether it's for food or gasoline or you're going to sleep in your car. So uh, having your sleeping bag ready, I mean, you're planning for the course of a week, not an afternoon and a day. And so that's the preparation difference. And, and it takes a lot of planning. And Gabe does a really good job of that, saying we're going to be ready for the long haul and really a worst case scenario. What if trees have fallen and blocked us off and we literally can't get out for a few days? And so you're having to think worst case scenario all the time. Um, I think what is unique about Hurricane Delta is this came six weeks after Hurricane Laura. And we'll have... We'll have another episode about Hurricane Laura, so no need to really spend too much time on on that. But Hurricane Laura was this high-end Category 4 hurricane that did catastrophic damage to the Louisiana coastline. Louisiana just took it on the chin uh, all of last year uh, yeah. during chase season 2020. And so when we showed up, there was already all this debris there were houses that were destroyed there were um there were storm surge that had taken out businesses and homes and the landscape looked completely different so when we're arriving we're already dealing with a beaten down landscape and environment you know and i think that's what made the start of this chase very unique we're here in cameron parish louisiana just south of lake charles louisiana and we're here at the site of uh, tremendous damage that took place with Hurricane Laura. And everyone here, if there's anyone even around, are anticipating the arrival of Hurricane Delta. Okay, so Louisiana has gone through Hurricane Laura previously. Um, and then this this other hurricane, Hurricane Delta, comes up. And do y'all want to explain a little bit, like, why, why was it called Hurricane Delta? And what made 2020 kind of yeah. make that happen? That's a great question. Um, so 2020, the hurricane season in 2020 was just absolutely insane and broke several records, including the most named storms in a single season. And what happens is uh, hurricane names, I think most people are familiar, use the alphabet, and but it stops at W. So after W, we don't do X, Y, Z because it's hard to find names that start with those letters. Hurricane xylophone so, every year. <laughs> Again. So, so after W, what happens is if we make it that far in the alphabet, we go to the Greek alphabet. Um, and what happened in 2020 was that we had we went, not only did we go into the Greek alphabet, we went deep into the Greek alphabet uh, farther than we had been in, in any season. And I think actually that, as a result of that, they've changed how they're going to name hurricanes once we've gone through the list. All right, fellas, um, let's dive a little bit more into kind of y'all's narrative of, of chasing Hurricane Delta. So um, y'all are both in central Texas. Um, hurricanes give you a little bit more lead time than tornadoes <laughs> uh, in terms of forecasting. So you can kind of, you know, see it coming. Um the forecasts are are produced, you know, we, we all, a lot of us know well, kind of the, the hurricane cone that is kind of like the, 
the the publicly distributed hurricane forecast, um, which which forecasts both strength and direction of the hurricane. So, um, do y'all remember kind of where y'all were at as you kind of were watching this this new hurricane form and get get possibly into the Gulf? Yeah, I had literally just finished editing Hurricane Laura footage, and then saw the forecast for you know Hurricane Delta. I hadn't even unpacked. So literally just took the same tote with, you know, the leftover food and supplies that I have from Laura. All the tuna, the all car. the tuna was still there. All the tuna, <laughs> <laughs> lots of tuna, mm. threw it back in the car and Jeff and I were off again. Um, it was deja vu for sure. Crazy. So where did y'all um, like post up initially and kind of what is that decision making process uh, to kind of decide, okay, where are we going to? be uh, potentially for this landfall? Typically, the reason we're leaving a few days earlier is because we want to find a sturdy structure that we can feel safe in uh, while also documenting the storm well. And so um, it actually is not as easy to do as someone might think. It's it's finding the right location. Is it close enough to where we're going to be in the right place where the strongest part of the storm is coming? Um, uh, are there going to be other people around? Uh, is there any way to avoid the storm surge? Um, there, there's lots of things to be thinking through. So parking garages are our friend. Like that, that's our go-to choice. Um, but when when there are small towns or coastal communities, there's not really those options. You don't really, you, you have to go into a, a larger city uh, like Lake Charles, which we have done before that, has four or five, six story parking garages, but with Delta, we just couldn't find an option like that. And so I think we were, we were a little bit on high alert about how close we were going to get, going to get, uh, as the eye wall was approaching because we didn't want, we didn't want to get stuck. We didn't want storm surge to come in and all of a sudden be stuck. Um, that is literally our nightmare. And so, um, that's, that's what was driving some of this chase. Yeah, and that coastal Louisiana is so flat. It's mainly marsh. And so when you get storm surge there, it it advances very far inland. And so when we're chasing out in that area, you have to position yourself. I mean, you we obsess over storm surge maps and, you know, we always max out the storm surge maps to see like, okay, worst case scenario, this comes in stronger than anticipated. Where do we need to be to be safe from the storm surge? And Typically, we like to be right on the coast. So you're getting the hurricane right as it's coming off the ocean at its strongest point. But in that scenario, we had to move pretty far inland because of the flat, marshy area and the storm surge coming in so far. And so we were kind of driving back and forth, probably 30 miles inland, uh, maybe a little less than that on this specific highway. And there was a heavy band that we thought was associated with the eye wall that started coming in. And so we were trying to target that. Traveling along this east-west highway, we ended up plowing basically right through that heavy band of precipitation. And I remember when we hit it, I remember my ears popping immediately. Yeah, It was the pressure right. drop in the hurricane and my ears popped. And at that point, it became almost impossible to see the road while we were driving because it was just white out conditions. Yeah. Here we go, the 
Yeah, there's some moments in the Trapped by Hurricane Delta uh, storm chasing documentary um, that y'all put together where you guys have such, I mean, it looks, it's unbelievable, like the, how limited the visibility uh, while driving uh, and, and just the, the knowledge that like you even say, one of y'all says like, there are probably power lines down in front of us, you know, right now like, yeah. while we're driving. Yeah. At that moment we knew like, we just have to find a place to pull, pull over, but we didn't want to just pull off and document, you know, this straight road. We wanted to be in a town to show like, this is the effects of a hurricane on a community, but we had to keep driving knowing full well that these winds are strong enough to bring down telephone poles into the road tree limbs into the road and so we were struggling fighting the wind and the low visibility to get to where we needed to be and if anyone's curious what the mood is like inside the car um i mean a, a lot of people think oh you're experts you've been doing this so long you're probably just really cool calm and collected uh there was a lot of nervous laughter in, in that car and the only reason there was laughter is we were attempting uh i think to help one another not freak out a little bit yeah. but it was everything's fine <laughs> and uh going through the whiteout con conditions uh, there was some there was some apprehension in that car for sure so we were we were racing to get to to that town yeah and i will say in every other hurricane that we've chased we've been Locked down and in position when the eye wall comes in. Uh, with this one, I think we got a little too comfortable with it being quote unquote only a category two and mm. making a last minute decision to bail back east when the eye wall was about to come in was not a typical decision that we make during a hurricane. Um, and so that's why we ended up in the position that we did where we were driving through this crazy whiteout conditions with our ears popping to get to the next town. And once we did get to the next town, we ended up pulling into the, the town of Gaydaw, Louisiana. And we pulled into town. And as we're <laughs> driving through town, I, I look to my right and I we're, we're passing downtown Gaydaw. And I realized like, oh, that's that's where we need to be. That's where we need to position ourselves to document this hurricane. And so I decide all right, let's, let's actually, let's turn around and let's go down the street. And so I, I kind of pull the car uh, closer to the shoulder to make a, a wide U-turn. And lo and behold, this is, might be the only place in town where there's a hole in the road, but it was covered <laughs> by water. And so I, I go to make this U-turn and I feel the front right tire just drop immediately. And then bam, hit the other edge of this hole. Like a shotgun blast. Yeah. Immediately, I knew we had blown the tire. You could just, you, f mm. you could feel it. And so, not wanting to ride on the rim, uh, we just basically pulled over into this parking lot right where we were. And here we are staring down Main Street as the wind is blowing towards us. And we're disabled. We're it's stuck not a, there. Not an ideal situation yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and this is just as the strongest winds are about to move in. So we, we pull into this parking lot, which ironically, 
was the parking lot for a tire shop. I didn't realize <laughs> that until editing the footage and I saw the sign right next to our car. So we pull into a tire shop that's obviously closed for the hurricane with a flat tire. We're just, our car is disabled and, you know, we're trying to figure out, okay, we can't move our car, but where can we be to document the storm? But then we start noticing large pieces of debris starting to rip off the buildings. Because our car is is basically downwind at the end of Main Street, all of this debris is coming towards the vehicle. So I'm thinking, you know, Jeff actually took off before I even thought <laughs> to get out of the car. I have a habit of running as He's soon as like, something scary or bothersome is happening. <laughs> so Jeff takes off and he, he ducks behind the building. And I'm thinking like, uh, I think that's probably the best option because now we have large pieces of debris blowing towards the car. So having to time bailing the car in between extreme wind gusts of this hurricane was a bit nerve wracking, but got this bit of a lull that hit and I... I booked it and we both ended up behind separate buildings in downtown Gata, Louisiana. That's kind of when all hell broke loose in town. So we are not in a great position right now. Uh, that is our car. We uh, driving through a flooded road, hit something and blew the tire. So we're stuck there. Decided it was in our best interest to get out of the car since it has debris blown towards it. We're tucked behind walls here. Uh, and so we're just hunkered down here uh, until the worst of it ends. Just having to watch every side. And the footage shows it, it is a distinctly sort of guerrilla style of of hurricane chasing. You, like you said before, y'all are usually in a pretty safe parking garage somewhere, but y'all are like ground level in this town, capturing debris flying around. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible, and it had to have been pretty unnerving, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, there wasn't ever a moment where I felt like my life was in danger. I thought uh, I might come out with some lacerations of some sort, <laughs> but definitely unnerving. And I, I will tell you the, the most unnerving thing wasn't what we were seeing. It was the sounds. So a lot of the times I wouldn't know where to look until I heard this really bone chilling metal scraping along the pavement as pieces of roofs were being ripped off. And the sheet metal was going flying through the air, then slamming into the pavement right next to us and sliding by and you could see sparks flying off of it even in the daylight. And again, I didn't know where to look because stuff was happening all around us until I heard those sounds and that would kind of tell me, okay, I need to pay attention over here now. Jeff, get out of there, get out, get out, get out, get out. Yeah, it was unnerving. I think that that sound is unnerving because you can hear the town coming apart. Um, and the way we're hiding behind these buildings, uh, we're having to pick and choose when we're going to peer around the building because we don't want to be opening our, ourselves to uh, pieces of roofs just hitting us in the face. And so we're kind of using our cameras mm -hmm. and our viewfinder to to give us a little bit, almost like a mirror to some some degree. Kind of periscopes, yeah. Yeah, it, look, to look around the building. I will say one of the things that 
um, irks me to this day. I had just gotten a brand new camera and you don't take a brand new camera that you don't know how to use <laughs> and you're learning on the spot in a hurricane. Like that's something you should be doing at home. Video your kids, um, nature, uh, the backyard, trying to make sure you understand you know, basically how to turn it on and how to put things in focus. I decided, Hey, a hurricane would be when I should, uh, <laughs> initiate myself into this, into this camera. And there is a moment where we hear this huge, huge crashing sound. I mean, just massive sound. And it was an entire roof that had come off. And I look around, uh, this building and it's all coming right at the building that that I'm at and I have my camera there and I know I'm going to capture it into the last second and I pull the camera away. It goes right in front of me. And the whole time I'm thinking, I just got the most dramatic footage of my entire life. The problem was there was a glitch with my camera and I did not get the strongest video of my entire life. And I, my heart just sunk <laughs> when I looked at my footage because it was nothing there, just nothing oh, there. Hmm. So uh, just kind of a pro tip. Um, if you get a camera, <laughs> learn how to use it before you go into a hurricane. Oof, that's uh, a tough lesson. That yeah. I mean, yeah, that stings. Stop. And so that roof that went by Jeff, it came straight towards me. So I'm tucked behind this this wall, and I hear. I was actually looking the opposite direction. I hear the gust of wind up the street, and I hear this tearing sound. I turn around just in time to see the entire roof of a business in midair crashing down onto the pavement coming straight towards me. So I'm still behind the building. My head's just kind of peeking out a little bit to see what's going on. And so I peek out for literally a second. I see this airborne roof slam into the pavement and just the most, I, I mean, unnerving is is such a weak word to describe the way that I felt when I heard that sound because it was just an explosive sound mm -hmm. when it hit the pavement. And I had just enough time to pull my head and my camera around the corner and you see the debris go by me. is when it felt like everything just hit like the crescendo of the storm because in that moment an entire tree got blown down on the other side of the building and the gust prior to that an entire carport had gotten lifted up and it had a, a four-wheeler attached to it but wind didn't care it took that four-wheeler and that carport and just launched it across this person's yard and so we have oh and then the building that our cars parked next to is starting to lose pieces as well. So literally in every direction, you just have complete chaos. And when that entire roof came and slammed next to me, I knew like, okay, I'm going to be behind this building for a, a while, I think, because there's no way on earth I'm about to <laughs> try to get out of this position that I'm in to get back to the car. Certainly a full-fledged category two. It's a crazy thought that the safest place for us was to be behind a building. It was. Yeah. In the middle of town. 
Yeah. Like that's a crazy thought. Like the car, obviously some would say no at home would be the same, <laughs> but, but in chasing this hurricane and the car was a bad idea, yep. there's no ditches or anything like no. that. That's going to work. They're all uh, flooded. They're all flooded. Uh, yeah. We found that out with our uh, flat tire. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're just standing there for some hours behind these buildings, just yep. kind of hoping, all right, we're going to get a reprieve at all. Yeah. And again, I felt safe behind that that wall. I, there was no part of me in that moment that felt... I was behind a, a brick building. It was a very solid building. It was only a Category 2. I made sure I chose a sturdy building to stand behind. I believe it was a bank, actually. It was a bank, yeah. And so, I, I knew that I was in a safe position as long as I stayed there. But staying there as all the shrapnel is shooting by you is, you know, for hours. We were We were outside the car for a couple of hours during the peak of the storm. And the crazy thing was the wind or sorry, the rain died down, uh, which we thought meant that we were going to be in the eye soon. But what happened was that the rain became disconnected from the eye wall somehow. And so we had these peak gusts happening without any rain. And we were starting to think maybe we aren't going to end up in the eye of the storm. Unfortunately, uh, I'm not sure we're going to get into the eye. We thought we had positioned ourselves by blasting east to be in the eye but it just seemed like the wind was getting stronger and stronger and stronger and was unrelenting and so we decided you know what let's see if we can time switching out the tire just right in the eye wall of this hurricane and let's get to an even safer position and it's getting dark at this point this is right this is where sun is setting these gusts are coming without any kind of warning. Like when you're uh, up to this point, it's just been steady. This time it would go completely still. And then out of nowhere, these gusts Mm -hmm. of a hundred miles an hour that were just, I mean, they just caught you completely off guard. So us running back to our car was a crapshoot. Getting these intermittent gusts, extreme gusts that just come out of nowhere. There's no planning around them. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff was the first one to go. He gets in his car and I see the headlights turn on and he sits in there to wait for the next gust and reassess the situation. But as I'm watching his car, the next big gust comes. And as I'm filming half of the roof of the building of the tire shop that our car is parked next to comes flying off and lands just yards behind Jeff and the car. And thankfully, the car was parked in just the right position where it all came down behind. Now it's my turn to run back to the car. And I mean, literally, it was razor sharp pieces of metal flying by me for the last two hours. So uh, it (laughs) definitely gave me pause when I was considering running back, but ended up timing it just right and uh, made it back to the car just in time. Jeff had turned the car around so that the car was basically making a, a wind block. And so there's not much I could do in that moment. So I was like, well, I'm going to document this and it'll be a story to remember. That's for sure. So I'm documenting Jeff. And I tell you what, Jeff, you could have a career in NASCAR after that hurricane. (laughs) That was the fastest tire change in history. (laughs) Yeah. Jeff changed that tire in a hurry. But as he's doing it, there's still pieces of the roof next to the building we're, we're parked next to flying off and you can, it's getting dark. So sometimes you don't see it. You just hear it hit. 
Um, and we're just crouched behind that car, hoping and praying. I remember talking to you, Gabe. Um, again, it's that it's that nervous laughter, you know. Uh-huh. I, I think at one point I'm saying, "No big deal, just changing a tire in a hurricane." Um, <laughs> and uh, there's one particular time I remember looking back, and there's some sheet metal, and just like Gabe's saying, there are pieces of roof and sidings still flying, uh, very large pieces. And I look behind me while I'm tightening the the spare tire, and I see sparks. I remember seeing mm-hmm. sparks from some, yeah. of that, some of that debris hitting the ground. So we are still in the eye wall and we've got to go ahead and replace our flat now so we can get the heck out of Dodge. Chasing a, I'm fixing a tire in a hurricane, man. <laughs> we've got debris, piece of sheet metal right behind us flying by. Oh. Yeah, roof's coming off above us. I'm watching it. And uh, I think I said something like, are, are you seeing this? And of course, Gabe's like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm filming it. So <laughs> I'm seeing it. But that's my way of saying, I want to get out of here right now. So yeah. got that tire done, put it in the back, put the, the bad tire in the back, and then we hopped in the car. And then lo and behold, we had calculated the eye movement correctly. And, you know, within maybe a half an hour of the, the tire being changed, we were in the calm of the eye. Okay, so we are in the eye of Hurricane Delta. Things did not go according to plan. As you can see, we've got a spare tire. That was one of the hiccups. Um, Everything has worked out okay. Um, We made it into the eye, we're safe, and um, we have some stories to tell. Man, I I tell you what, that eye was a a welcome calm after that situation, because going from that chaotic scene to just a slight breeze, and yeah. hearing crickets and frogs uh, was such a welcome relief and just a chance for us to kind of catch our breath, calm ourselves a little bit, and then reassess, you know, what can we do now? We've got a spare tire. What's our next move? Yeah, it's really uh, an incredible sort of like poet, grand poetic irony of a hurricane is that the, the most intense moment is followed directly by the calmest moment, followed by the most intense moment. Yeah. Um, they're just They're just such 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 wild um and fascinating weather events uh so it's nighttime now so the 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 sun is down officially um y'all are in nighttime hurricane mode where do you guys go from there you've got a new tire on the car um you guys hit the road a little bit more right yeah we we start heading north and uh we're basically making the choice (laughs) for better or worse to drive into the hurricane again we've we've had our reprieve we've recalibrated what we're doing but uh we it was time to get out of there and so we drove north and that we're getting the northern part of of that hurricane and it's 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 losing some of its strength it's really important for for all the listeners to to understand when we say a weak hurricane or you know or we say it's weakening um it is all relative. I mean, that wind is is knocking over 18-wheelers. Um, you're having to pull over. Um, there's debris flying from trees. There's trees falling. So, weak is not really a, a good term uh, when we talk about these hurricanes that are Category 1s or Category 2s because you're dealing with 100-mile-per-hour uh, winds and higher gusts than that. And so, um, so, we drive north and we get on the highway to head we're trying to get back home to Austin 
is a slow, just a slow grind. I remember uh, at this point, this is where the marathon really gets you. You're just, you're mentally fatigued. I mean, yeah. you don't have much to say. You're exhausted. Um, and uh, ironically, we make our way through the city of Lake Charles. And Lake Charles is where the eye of Hurricane Laura hit six weeks earlier. So um, we find ourselves on now the the western side of this hurricane. And we we end up being at the same place where we rode out uh, Hurricane Laura, uh, but this time with Hurricane Delta. So um, that was eerie. That was eerie. We were in the same place documenting a second hurricane around the same city. Just a really unique thing to do. All right, here we are in Lake Charles, Louisiana. This is exactly where we were six weeks ago when we were documenting Hurricane Laura. We are in the exact same spot documenting significant winds coming through the city. Uh, we've seen power flashes. Uh, we've seen, you can hear scaffolding coming off. You can, you can hear debris. It's really eerie and really sad that Lake Charles is having to endure yet another hurricane two times within six weeks. So, um, Yeah, it's incredible footage to see um, that, that building that was the highlight of or quote unquote, the highlight of the Hurricane Laura experience in terms of just the massive glass sided building. You know, now you see it, it's, it has a more haunted facade for sure. With yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it really is a, is a great visual metaphor of what that area had been through. Like it just, yeah. it was just a relentless yeah. um, hurricane season for yeah. that area. It's just like it, it that, that, that building was a perfect representation of it just would not stop getting hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're and you know, the building had been boarded up from Laura, but then, you know, here we are standing in the exact same spot as we did six weeks earlier. And now we're watching those boards being ripped off. And that was the story that was happening throughout town. You know, people had tarps on their roofs that had been ripped apart by Hurricane Laura. Those were getting ripped out. And it's like ripping the scab off of a fresh wound. Like, they had just started to pick up the pieces and then this hurricane moves through the same spot and just makes them start from scratch again. I think what stands out to me about the season, and we'll probably mention this as we cover all the hurricanes that we chased in 2020, um, we we chased a, a, a Category 1, a Category 2, um, a Category 4, and... And, our, and our category three. three. So yep. one, two, three, and four, all in one season, which is yeah, kind of unheard of. Yeah. Uh, that's it's super rare. And there are distinct differences between the amount of power between a, a category mm. one yeah. and a category four. I mean, it is an exponential difference. At the same time, you know, having that experience during the daytime with Hurricane Delta was just a reminder of, man, these are not just some severe winds that we need to ride out. I mean, a, a category two hurricane is significant. So it's knowing the difference, obviously, but respecting the storms. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're overwhelming. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thanks fellas. This it's an incredible story and, and really amazing documentation that y'all captured as well, that we have a couple of videos up on our YouTube page. Um, we'll post both of those in the show notes. One is a little shorter version. One's a, like kind of a more extended documentary um, approach to to y'all's just amazing narrative um, in in Hurricane Delta in October of 2020. 
Well, thank you so much for listening to the Tornado Trackers podcast. I've been Jeremy Heyman, joined by Jeff Mangum and Gabe Cox. We are the Tornado Trackers. You can find us all over the web. Uh, Join our Patreon. That money just doesn't go into a hole. You actually get stuff from that as well. We've got three awesome tiers. A ton of extra features come your way um, as you bump up those tiers. The two, the five, the $10 tiers. You can find that at patreon.com slash tornado trackers. It would mean a ton to us. Thank you so much again for listening to us and we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye.